Oh man, I <laughs> that was, was the worst one yet. It's hard to do it from a can. That was kind of pathetic. <laughs> that was a little pathetic. Yeah, yeah you got to get one of these in. I, I was going to do it and then pretend I was Jake, but I didn't. They would know. Our fans hot. would know. Yeah. That is hot tea. Ouch. They would know anyway, I'm just an imposter. Yeah, they would. Yeah, exactly. Fake Jake. Fake Jake. Hashtag fake Actually, Jake. Fake How's Jake. it going, everybody? Welcome to What's Your Record? Almost said the final sound because I did a radio show the other day. Glad we didn't do that. Cross promotion. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I pilfered Crosley. This is uh, season two, episode episode two. two. S2E2. Yeah. That sounded uh, like a different language. S2E2? (laughs) Sounded like nice to meet you you in a different language. One of us needs to record like a generic intro, like describing what the show is that, I, that we can just edit into the three friends no, that's that's way that's way shitty well for we can't pe- do that for people, i wanted to record uh bumps for everybody like no. grady's pick like if that anything kind of we should write a script that is just like a simple intro okay but do it All live right. fade like, in well, yeah, black that would sound so weird to do cold winter like morning a pre-recorded one well a lot of podcasts what they do is they have like the before they start they go like oh welcome back to the this episode and and this episode we're going to be talking about this and this and this is how we do it blah blah blah. it's just like a little short generic thing to let people who are the last thing i want to do is model us after a successful podcast that has more than 12 listeners we need a catchphrase dude like the podcast where three friends review three records about bazinga (laughs) (laughs) no we'll figure it again this is what the post dinner meeting. Put it on your about. homework list. Yeah, I will. I got notes. Anyway, um, I guess following in in format like the way we were in season one. Uh, I guess this isn't like wild card, but how many picks did we go last time or last season? Like before we like started picking themes, where we just kind of picked random records because uh, there's no theme. A while, couple at least yeah. I'd say four or five episodes. Yes, maybe? I think so. So this was just getting back to um, back to basics. What's your record theme? Yeah, picking a record that the other ones uh, that the other people haven't heard um, to prevent any pandering that could lead to victory. Which surprisingly, at this point, still hasn't been an issue, really. Which I thought by this time it'd kind of become like it's hard to find records that all three of us haven't heard or whatever. You know what I mean? The thing Within is, Tyler, genres where we I don't thought, want to piss I people it would be off. That way. The thing yeah. is, Tyler, there's um a lot of music in existence. Yeah, yeah, thankfully. But so that's I why like I was between really the three bummed. Of us, you know, we cover most. Of I was it. really bummed that you picked yeah, Forever forever album. ago for this. <laughs> oh, you like music? Podcast. Name every song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what you a fan of music? Yeah. <laughs> okay, name every song. I know, but you know, Tyler, when you picked Jets Get Born. This week, I hadn't heard it in a really long time, and I was just like, you know what? This counts as a first listen. It's been a while. Just don't read the um, Pitchfork review. Yeah. Oh god. Um, it may or may not just be a video of something of a monkey. Crude. Is that the monkey peeing into its own mouth? I think that's the second Jet album. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that, the first one they at least gave like a three, or a three, a two. Yeah, dude, I read a good Pitchfork review for the album that I picked today because it was from the early two thousands where the writing still had like character it was really pretentious like dude it was like like okay i don't want to get into pitchfork very often but i read a review of a 
uh, album that came, that comes out this week the other day and like my least favorite type of pitchfork reviews are the ones where they give it like a very like middle score like not positive not negative like somewhere in the six, high sixes okay and they just basically talk about it for like four paragraphs and don't say anything good or bad about it they just sort of like describe what it is and like put in some like fancy verbiage and and words and then it just ends and it's like okay well what did you think about it though no because it was just like four paragraphs of they've definitely gotten shorter like the one i read today dude was just like basically okay well i guess we'll just get into it so like usually when they get something really high or really low they at least talk about why they think it deserves that yeah but the middle ones i swear they just don't talk about they just like give it a number and then like arbitrary arbitrary number and then just like say like sometimes i'll read it and it feels very positive to me and then it's like a not very positive score yeah so those are the ones i really don't like but anyway i don't want to talk about pitchfork well i'm gonna talk anymore. about it in a little bit but okay so no no theme we just had to pick records um the other people hadn't heard so i'll start things off the album i chose was uh by the band owls <laughs> well i was trying to think of the order to say it in the self-titled album by owls um owls te- by owls owls by owls not owl city yeah but uh, not the owl. artist name is all capitals and the album name is normal case lowercase no normal with oh, a capital with a capital o. okay i don't know i call oh, that normal, normal case, case. i'm not right, really no. sure that's from like i feel like that's from like microsoft excel or some mystery shit, but... solved but yeah it's well, owls by owls the band is you know you want to say the band louder because they're more important and then the album is just normal Owls by owls. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, clips the mic. <laughs> a little again. pop there. there. <laughs> the first one of the season. I had to get one in there. Um, first one. Is it? Wow. Yeah, well, we've only Surprising. had one episode this season. Got to so. get you more fired up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, let me chug this rock star. Um, yeah, what flavor you got over there? Cherry uh, or what? punched? Oh, which punched. I think is their fruit punch. Um, yeah, owls by owls. So. For those of you that don't know, Owls is um, basically Captain Jazz minus uh, Davy Bond Bolin, who went on to be in the Promise Ring after Captain Jazz broke up, or I think he was already doing it. And then when they uh, broke up in like 1995, then he was doing that full time. But it's the same same guys that were in Captain Jazz. You guys listen to Captain Jazz? Okay, so well, I have a story about this. <laughs> okay, so here we, it comes. Yep. <laughs> uh, I was hanging out with Tyler and our friend Albert. I knew uh, Albert. I was thinking about that. I'm like, Albert fucks with Captain well, Jazz. Well, last week, um, we were in the car. We were driving to San Clemente, and Tyler had this album on to listen to. And I hadn't listened to it yet, um, like, on my own in full. But I was listening to it, and we were kind of, like, talking about it a little bit and, like, what it sounded like. And the first thing I thought was, this sounds like uh, American football to me, and then, and then somehow Captain Jazz came up, and I was saying, well, didn't Jake mention that the members of Captain Jazz ended up going on to be in American football? And so we like connected all those, and I'm pretty sure that's yeah. true, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. Captain well, Jazz broke not, up. I don't think it's all the members. I no, think no. It's some like of them some chosen. Of them. Yeah. Certain people went different ways. So it's whatever, two. But. It's it's two brothers. 
Mike Kinsella, who is the drummer for Captain Jazz and Owls. He is the singer and the guitar player for American Football. And then he's also, his other project is Owen. And then Tim Kinsella, who is his older brother and the vocalist for Captain Jazz, was in Joan of Arc and like 500 other bands. Is the singer of this band the same singer as American Football? No. No. Okay, that's That's the big difference. That's the big difference. And I feel like when you asked, do you fuck with Captain Jazz? My answer is no. Um, I do like this general genre, I guess, or like group Kinsella of... core? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think these guys are talented, but I don't prefer Captain, Captain Jazz as much. I like... I actually, out of the three, prefer American football the most. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Captain Jazz is the most raw and like unpolished, and yeah. Tim Kinsella is definitely vocally unhinged. Yeah. And that's part of it. Like I like the big thing that always makes me laugh is they cover Aha's Take on Me and it's just like <sighs> so really, bad. Like, yeah, it's so funny. Um I oh saw them God. when they got Which is back, like a super hard song to sing. They got back yeah. together a couple Even of years ago. FYF. Uh-huh. And I saw them. Uh, Tim Kinsella was very, very drunk. I got a piece of his tambourine when he threw it in the rafters and it came down, hit someone in the head. Did it shatter? Uh, yeah, it shattered. Whoa. Um, yeah, he threw that's it crazy. up, it came down, hit someone, it broke. Uh but yeah, so they got together in, I think this album came out in 2001, and then they've only done one other album that came out in 2014. I think that there's yeah. some uh, there's some contention between the two brothers, Mike and Tim, that like they make good music together, but they're they're very very different people. Uh, I know how that um, is. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, sounds familiar. You have this one brother. Oof. But yeah, that guy's uh, a dick. so <laughs> this this record is. I don't like it's I wouldn't know how to classify it like it's twinkly like American Twink, football even twinkly. though like what's like twinkle guitar like because they're like credit American football is credited with doing like that twinkly sound and emo guitar but that's Mike it's, Kinsella on guitar and this is a different guy on guitar right so I um, I cl- would dude, classify this album as the same genre as American football like that sort of twink uh, like uh, i would say punk. like twang uh, no what's the twinkle word? emo uh, or something like yeah that. like post twinkle emo, emo with slightly more post-punk influence yes Dude, that's it's how funny, i would because like it. these these bands like so it's like all the same members but they're all doing different shit in each band and it's funny because it sounds like that it sounds like it's like oh this is like american football if the singer and guitar player switch places and it's like oh because that's actually what it really is that's yeah literally uh, and it's okay, weird it because of that like, so this I feel is like, in indie rock math rock and post rock yeah um, definitely post rock or post punk whatever so there's a lot of improvisation going on i don't think they kind of just get in a room and they just like record what happens and if you looked at the album art for both of them like each of them i think it's like four quadrants each of them like did a piece of visual art and then they just put all four of it on the album cover and nobody else had any say what the other person's thing was or whatever like it's very much everybody's gonna play what they want to play and you don't really get to like critique what the other person does what about vocals though what do you mean like lyrics do they Lyrics write is, all, is all Tim. But do they write him ahead of time or is it he improvised? D- he d- he's really weird, man, because he like borders on being like a little absurdist. Like he's one of my favorite lyricists and that's like going like half the time I don't know what he's talking about, but he comes up with really cool phrases. Um, and he has a very unique voice. I think the dude can sing, but he also goes out of key and like off pitch and like squeaky mm-hmm. like a lot of the time, but like 
Wait, but he does. He writes them, yeah. He writes them. Yeah. So it's not like a pavement situation where, like, they just, like, the singer improvises the lyrics, too. No. No, he takes his, I think he takes writing very seriously, but, like, it doesn't always come off that way. Like, it's well well thought out, but it does, it's, sometimes it can be very nonsensical. Yeah, so it, it seems like there's a mix to me, but I could be wrong, but I don't know. Like, some of the songs, I mean, look at the titles, right? Like, some of the song titles are super strange. Yeah. Like, they don't even really make sense. <laughs> like what? Um, I want the blindingly cute to... Confide in me? Confide in me. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Like, that. that sounds improvised, kind of. But, see, and but, I, but I like... on the flip side, it could be extremely, like, strategic po- poetry kind of deal. It's just sort of that stream of consciousness type. Like, I yeah, really like... Yeah. For, so, I like the song title for Nate's brother, whose name I never knew... Or can't remember, like I don't yeah, know. It's very, yeah. it's it's tongue and cheeky. There's a lot of wordplay, yeah. double entendres. Yeah, uh, like uh, titles are an interesting art form. They are, and it, you know, sometimes I feel like he might like you come up with a good title and you write the song around it. I know Morrissey would do that a lot, like just come up with a phrase, being like, "That would be an awesome fucking song title." Now yeah. I just need to write the song. Okay, um, so before we go any further, did did we already mention that we are? Going back to using clips. No, but we can now, Grady. Okay. Thank you. I'm well, Jake Mazon for that. What's Your Record. I'd <laughs> like then you to address <laughs> the fact that we'll be we right be, back. Yeah, we'll be using <laughs> clips again because it looks like we can, and I don't really want to say much more. About we may it have than that. found a loophole, and <laughs> yeah, we don't want to jinx it. So and yeah, just, and the loophole is that for now, nobody's said anything yet because yeah. we are available on Spotify now, so we can go back to playing clips. So before I, I go talk about what I like about the record, um, why don't we queue up? Our return to the clips, uh, this song is my favorite on the record. It's called Everyone Is My Friend. Episode 2, Return to the Clips. (laughs) Okay, just from the top? From the top. fucking love that song there's just like it's like there's so many good lines in it like even like i know what i have to do and do it but don't know what it is until it's done integrity and tennis shoes has a lot of cool alliteration in there and then you get like the like the personal like the personal little jabs like in snarky pop punk emo i know it must be rough you're so much smarter than your friends mm-hmm. that um, opening line almost in a weird way reminds me of dan behar's lyricism i know what i have to do and do it and like, yeah, the whole first part and then like kind of repeating that and like playing with the like assonance and the wordplay. It's very well thought out, even though it doesn't sound like it could be like kind of abstract or whatever. And then one of my... Who's favorite... Dan Behar for people that may not know? Oh, he's it's the a... singer and mastermind behind the band Destroyer that has a great new record coming well, out. We've, yeah, we, we go. We've talked about, um, we talked about them multiple times. But one of my favorite... Like, just saying, just people like... For picking out lyrics know. that like don't necessarily mean anything, like one of my favorite phrases from that song is defamed his own voltage. I don't know what the fuck that means, but it sounds really <laughs> cool. 
Um, but yeah, I like these guys because obviously I really like American football. Um, that was probably the first Kinsella band that I ever got into. And then you go and see like they've had a major hand in a lot of influential like Midwestern like emo or scene bands or whatever. Like Captain Jazz, probably my least favorite, but I get why they're such a big deal. I really like Al's. Joan of Arc is good. Um, but I think technically it's very impressive. And something that blows my mind is... I knew Mike Kinsella first as the guitar player for American Football, which I think is like very technically impressive guitar work in different time signatures and different tunings. And then you listen to this record and he's also a phenomenal fucking drummer. Because I don't think you would get that maybe from Captain Jazz where it's like a little more punky and like straightforward and fast. Like, because they're, he's playing along to some like complicated rhythms, I feel like, on this. Yeah. That's um, funny because like some, that's sometimes the criticism of these bands is that the guitar work is like sounds really complex, but really they tune it super weird and they're actually playing like just really like simple open, shit. Like open chords. Yeah, and like stuff. a bunch of open shit and like pull offs on the second fret and all that stuff. And so that's like a lot of times like the criticism of like, yeah, it sounds really flashy or like really phony. complex, but it's actually just like the tuning that's like insane or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's still, I think it's still cool. Like, I guess you could say that about many styles of guitar because i mean honestly that's there's a lot of tunings used to you know create an easier like an easier time to make playing things yeah to make things, things but, easier or whatever so you're not yeah. moving around as much i don't yeah. i wouldn't knock it live i wouldn't knock a band for doing that but yeah. i think the album is technically impressive the um, drumming is definitely cool the drumming's really cool it's like it's very erratic the music is erratic like some of the stuff reminds me like a little bit of zappa without all the orchestration well, because it's yeah. that's probably why people consider it math rock, but I would not consider this math rock. Yeah, I wouldn't consider this album math rock. Um, I think American football definitely plays a little more with like time signatures and like yeah, polyrhythms, but they do um, for sure. I think the cool thing about this is that w the fact that now that I know that it was mostly improvised, which I didn't really know that like going into listening to it, you can kind of he now hear that when you listen to it of like. The drumming is cool and the guitar playing is cool and and like Jake said, erratic because I think there's an element of them trying to just like get certain stuff in. It's like, oh, okay, there's like a space for this brief moment. I'm gonna like nail this fill right there, or I'm gonna fill this space with like an improv line on a guitar. They're they're each like trying to just kind of like get their shit in there at different times. So it's a little bit erratic in that way, but it's not erratic in like a disconnected way. It's kind of just no, like no, no, no. they feel like a gap and then they execute on it, you know? Yeah, no, it's it's really, really cool. And it's just like, I definitely, like, it feels experimental, but it's also catchy. Like, there are some good vocal hooks in there, and it's, like, it's melodic without following, like, you know, like a verse-chorus, verse-chorus type thing. I don't know, I've just, I think all the music that they make is really, really interesting. And what I was going to say, bringing up Pitchfork earlier, is just, like, the dude who wrote the review for this when it came out, and I, I think it got a seven, which is good, um... But his whole thing was is that he fucking hates Tim Kinsella, the singer, and like he wanted to hate it. But then at the end of it, like he just has to admit that it's like it's a good record and yeah. it's the best that he's it's wow. ever sounded. And like he ended <laughs> he ended the review being like, I thought this would be the album where people would finally press mute on Tim Kinsella. And that's not the case. God damn it. Um, <laughs> that's kind of funny. And I just think it's like going because he's like kind of like bring like, yeah, it's good, but he's like a prick. And the way he writes is just like so pretentious and stuff. And it's just like. It's good. I don't know. Like, 
you like what it's like I was saying earlier when we were talking about the new Destroyer record. It's like Dan Behar like talks shit on Morrissey or whatever about being pretentious and whiny, and like Dan Behar totally reminds me of Morrissey, but not like in a pretentious and whiny way. Like they're witty and they're wordsmiths. Like they take yeah. their wordplay very seriously. I get not wanting to be associated with Morrissey or like going out of your way to do that. How it looks pretentious. Like yeah. How Tom York pulls lyrics out of a hat sometimes because he was tired of being like. Oh, Tom, what do these lyrics mean? He's like, they mean nothing. I pulled them out of a hat. Um, and then it's like, oh, that's so pretentious. And it's just like, well, you either say it's too personal and he's too sad or it's pretentious because he yeah. tried something different. And like yeah. Tim Kinsella does not like give cynical. a shit. Yeah, exactly. He just fucking I mean, doesn't give a shit. I, I think it has, I think it has pluses and minuses personally. Like, so this was an interesting pick for you because I think normally Jake, you pick like albums that are that stick to a theme or they're like considered concept albums. Whereas this is like very much not that. Um, I mean, would you agree? Like, I don't know if I'd pick, I mean, I guess I have a different view of like what concept is like more like yeah. I'd go to like picking something like Coheed where it like tells a story, but I guess thematically like maybe I don't, but, I don't know. Well, anyway, so like I definitely that, thought I'd throw you for a bit of a loop, like with this pick almost like it kind of reminded me of like me picking awake, but still in bed almost being like, yeah. Oh yeah. He, d- Oh yeah. He listens to this kind of shit. No, I think more so what, what my point was going to be on that is like, so I think the reason that they don't, uh, do a, like a thematic thing is cause it's improvised or whatever. But I think that can work in the sense that it keeps it fresh and like creative. But I think also it's, a little bit of a downfall to me when I was listening to this record because of the fact that everything sounds a little bit um, too similar, yeah. like too like it That's almost the one complaint I really it, have. like structurally they because I, I feel like when you go into a song and you're improvising, like you tend to fall into patterns like structurally, not necessarily like the the key or like what you're we playing, fall but into like patterns the structure quickly. of it. That's a song on there. Whereas like if you're con- if you're composing <laughs> an album, like you can kind of think about it more in like movements of like okay, now for this song I'm gonna really change it up and like do a slow one or I'm gonna do a different time signature, or whatever. And I feel like the lack of like composition as an album is is a little present in this just because of that and i don't know if that's necessarily like a big deterrent or whatever like it's still a good record to listen to i just think it can run together a little bit because of that which actually you wouldn't think that would happen but that's what i got when i listened to it a few see because that's weird because i thought of you when i picked this or whatever because it reminded me like about what your complaint was about like the national record Uh that like grady picked too, a while like, ago too disconnected well you were like it was like oh like it doesn't seem like the other people are like involved with the songwriting yeah, or something yeah. like this where this one it's very much like i was saying like everybody is responsible for their own part yeah and it was just like we don't fuck with it we don't tell you what to play or whatever it just kind of goes like this so in that way i feel like everyone's musical personality is like on it like you were trying to say like yeah oh there's a gap right there with what he's playing i'm gonna fit this fucking little fill in or something right, like right. that and like it's just like okay so i thought yeah, that I think- might I don't know, but I did think of you being like, all right, well, these guys are like totally involved with the writing because they each get to do their own thing without yeah. anyone being like, no, you can't do that. No, and I hear that for sure. I just think there's an element of like, it's more of like from a compositional nature as the as the band or not even really as the band, but like for the album itself of if you're going to walk into a studio and like improvise 70 or 90% of the record, there is that fear or that uh, tendency to like slip into habits 
on each song where it's like you kind of are like okay like this where are we going to take this and you take it based on feeling and like feeling oftentimes leads you down the same road like musically whereas if you're like predetermining oh this is going to be the different song like this is going to be the one in seven eight or this is going to be the slow one where we like drone out and do like whatever Mm -hmm. then you kind of have that going into the composition of the album but again not like a deterrent just like something that i picked up on for me when i listened to it but i don't know grady what did you think um i i liked it uh i i don't think i like it quite as much as american football at least their i could see that first album yeah why because uh, well, I'm, I'm about to explain. As <laughs> I, know, I, just, I think we're going to agree on why. <gasps> See, I, I use the word because. Because, I'm going to tell you. Anyway. What? Um, <laughs> um, the thing I like about American football is they really fill out the gaps in their their music with other things, like interesting um, bass lines and like really lush like horn sections, stuff like that. So to me, their their music sounds really almost like vibrant, very bright, like some of the times, even though it's this kind of like emo, sad music. Yeah. Um, and they do like change their guitar tones around a little bit. So the one complaint I had with this was really just that um, almost all the songs are very similar in like their, their palettes. So yeah. there's not a lot of different. They pretty much use the same guitar tone throughout. Um, it, it, do, it does feel like you know, more of a live album where they like went to the studio and busted it out with like kind of all the same instrumentation and, you know, very spontaneous, uh, thing. So that was the one complaint I really had about it. At first I was like, Oh, this guy's vocals are pretty wild. He's like not really singing on key very much, but it kind of works with this genre and he goes like, in, in a and weird out. way. Yeah. And yeah, like there are times when his vocals are actually pretty, like pretty nice. Like they're, they're almost pretty. Um, and then times when they're more like off key and, but he does have, you know, like you said, some good vocal hooks that even though they may not be sung perfectly, like on pitch or whatever, they are still catchy and, and Dude, fun. I love the chanting at the end of the last one. Holy fucking ghost. The OOOs at the yeah. end of it. I think yeah, that's, that's a good, good closer for it. But, but yeah, and I think that not being on Keith, like that's like going back to like the emo emo yeah like like, like real like like 90s emo not to me like the ultimately topic emo. ultimately it felt more like a stylistic choice rather than this guy just sucks balls at singing yeah and yeah, can't yeah, fucking yeah. sing Definitely. and like it's bad like it, it felt more like modern bands should do that too and it it a lot of bands really tread that line yeah where it's like ooh, like i don't know you know but i think he's on the the right side of it for the most part um so that was fine to me uh once i like by the end of the album so yeah other than that one complaint i like this album i think i need to go back and listen to it a few more times to really get like the the guitar hooks and the vocal hooks that um that you're you were talking about jake to like really you know get them ingrained in my in my brain um other than that though i i enjoyed it i thought it was a a pretty solid album i think this album for me was like a process so like i put it on first time and i was like okay i've never listened to this band i have no idea who this is put it on like blind going blind and I was like, oh, how this is quickly really... did you guys like make the connection being like, this sounds like American football? Actually, me, for me, not till like the second time through. Really? Yeah. Like I was it was it's too different for me to like really. I mean, I knew I knew it was song. in that vein. Right. Or like definitely in that genre, in that realm, whatever. But the, so the first time through I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is really fucking cool. Like Jake picked a record that I'm really going to like or whatever. And then I listened to it a few more times because I was like stoked. 
And like, as I listened to it more, I started to pick it apart in the, in the sense of like what Grady said of like what it's missing. And I think the other thing, which is something I said about your pick last week, I believe is that it's missing like differentiation in tone. Like there's a, yeah, you said that about tool. yeah, Yeah. So like, it's the same exact complaint of like, I feel like the recording studio is the opportunity for a band to go in there and really fucking get crazy with that shit. Like you have the chance to stop, pick up a different guitar, play through a different amp, use a different pedal, do an effect that you can't do live. Like Mm -hmm. that's the opportunity to do that. Whereas this feels more like a jazz record where they walk in the studio, they set up their instruments, they play all the shit live, through uh, five or six songs or eight songs or whatever and record? then walk out <laughs> yeah no i mean well no they're <laughs> they're gritty. funny parallels right because like a lot of math rock or like this style they pull from like stuff like that like a lot of these guys were maybe i mean not i'm not sure about this band but like a lot of math rock people came from a jazz background or came well, from like so, a background where you're doing more of a live like here's my instrument i'm going to be like this kind of virtuos virtuoso like i'm going to do that that style of playing and show you how talented I am at manipulating my instrument. But it's a lot less of like, I'm going to put a bunch of effects through it. I'm going to add a ton of reverb to vocals. And then you have the other camp, which can be like the same genre, like math rock again, or like post rock where they do sit heavily behind their pedals and behind their effects. And that's more like the shoegaze side of it yeah. where it's like mm-hmm. just a wall of sound. So you have like this, this it's contrast. It's a philosophical difference. Yeah. And you have this contrast within the genre. And so these guys are definitely more in like camp A versus camp B. But I don't know, like, I feel like that's what American football does is they actually do sit in the studio, use creative sounds. Like Grady said, like kind of sit there, play different guitars, like do different tunings. Like they fuck mm-hmm. with it more in the studio, which is cool. Yeah. But that's that's my complaint. It's not a big one. Like I still enjoyed the record so, for sure, but it's funny that's kind of where I I've was always, with it. I've always found that a little bit ironic about a lot of math rock bands, sort of the ones I don't like, is that the, that's that the shit music don't like. The music is so thought out and like or like what they're playing is so carefully planned and thought out and intricate, but then when they go to record it, it's just like this really monotone thing oh yeah that's it's like that's it's for weird sure to me common. it's like okay so we're gonna make the music really carefully planned out but then in the, pr- the recording process it's like whatever who gives a fuck yeah which just seems weird it seems at odds to me but yeah it's definitely different but that's just my opinion I don't i've know always though. liked albums that have that you utilize a studio to i mean its full potential i was thinking about this earlier today too of like so with my own music or whatever it's hard to it's hard to get creative with effects that you don't use live like either you put together a live sound and you're like okay i hit these three pedals for this song and i have this effect going or you don't and then when you get into the studio you have so much more open space to like turn shit on play around with it that it's like actually hard to kind of be creative with it so i feel like some bands they just want to go in and just do what they do live and just fucking get it as close as they can to that yeah that's true i mean every you know every band has a different process for how they play and record music but anyway uh should we move on yes you're up grady all right all right here's a chance for me to test out my new bump it's time for grady's pick (laughs) (laughs) sounds sounds great sounds like we're at a monster truck rally (laughs) oh yeah i love it monday 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 (laughs) all right uh so my pick is from the band hop along and i chose the album bark your head off dog like randy jackson dog 
Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. <laughs> it's gonna be a no a for dog. me, dog. No it's gonna me, be a dog. no for me, dog. No. <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah. So this band, Hopalong, uh, they're an American indie rock band. They are from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, and they are led by singer songwriter Francis Quinlan. And I first heard about them a couple years ago. Um, when they were starting to get popular. So, like, they've been around since 2004, I think, but they really didn't come into prominence until, like, 2000... Honestly, like, 2014 or 15. Um, And then people started discovering some of their older albums, and they sort of blew up in the indie rock scene. And that's around when I discovered them. But this album is their latest one, which came out in 2018, and it's the first one that I really fully got into. Uh, so that's why I chose it. Not saying like, oh, this is by far their best album or anything like that. I I think if you so like, the other albums suck. No, no, I'm, I'm just that's I'm nah, saying quite the opposite. <laughs> saying if you if you like if you listen to this album from this playlist and you like it, I would suggest going back and listening to their older stuff because uh, from what I can tell, their older albums are also very very good. Um, yeah. So before I think we should get into it, I should play a little clip from a song. So why don't we play? Uh, what did I say? What the writer meant is the one I wanted to play. Yep. Yeah. What the so this I don't is know, what bro. The, you got to tell me what the right. writer meant from forty seconds in. So let's play that. Okay, hold on. Will I cue that up, sir? This episode seconds. of What's Your Record is brought to you by Crosley. <laughs> Crosley. If you want it to sound like you're running a vacuum over your records, <laughs> choose Crosley. Only destroys them eighty percent of the time. Every time. All right. Is, <laughs> Just before we play this, is that actually a thing? Like shitty record players destroy records, right? Maybe. I don't know. I don't even is that a myth? Man, myth or legend? I don't know. What is that? I think it's the parts that come with them or whatever. So like I was saying, like if like it's the a needle shitty, is so if bad, if the needle is shitty, it's gonna wear out faster and do it. If the belt is shitty and it's not spinning at the right speed, then the needle is like touching the record more than it has. It's a whole fucking thing, man. Yeah. See, because I started reading Reddit about this shit, and then I realized I was like, well, fuck, I have like probably a few thousand dollars worth of vinyl yeah and if i have a shit turntable that's ruining all that investment that's really dumb well it's about the journey that you went on destroying your vinyl not the destination <laughs> of a pile of broken records oh my god all right, play that track all right let's play what the writer meant okay from 40 seconds right yep here it comes <laughs> What is is it a Wurlitzer or something? That little the arpeggiator or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I think it's it cool. almost to me it sounds like a um, what's that instrument? That's like a it's like a smaller guitar. It's like not a lute, but um, mandolin. What is it? Yeah, it sounds like a, a mandolin. mandolin? That's like a mandolin not similar to, to a guitar. I, <laughs> sort of similar. It's got strings. It's a stringed <laughs> instrument that you play. How many strings with your does fingers? it have? Four. Five? Doesn't it? Four. Or eight. I'm pretty sure it has eight. It's eight? like yeah. four that are double. Right. Is that how you, okay, yeah, well, exactly. whatever. That's Hold basically four. Hold the phone. 
I'm not a mandolin player. I don't really Clearly. Shit. I just know what it sounds like. And Obviously, that kind of sounds like it. But secondly, golfer. that didn't sound like mandolin. I no. think it sounded like it. All right. right. Maybe it's, it's wa- watch me eat my hey, words. It will be mandolin. It's Grady's right? turn. All right, Grady. Why right. did you pick Hop Along Howie? Yeah, if it is, I'm going to like try to yeah. find this. If oh. that's a fucking mandolin, you look I'm going to give you look it up. I'll pull it up. You should look it up. I'm talking. I got you. All right. Anyway, that song's lovely. I enjoy it quite a bit. So Francis Quinlan is an extremely talented songwriter in my opinion i think she has a really interesting vocal style and the way she writes vocal melodies is very intriguing to me um she and the same way she writes her her structures for her song too it's they're very dynamic which is what i like about it um and i think they're really great at creating these small moments within the songs where they're just like a couple lines or like a few section like a few seconds of a song that are just really memorable to me and they stick out like i'll have parts of you songs. love that shit i really like that you, shit. that's like that is like what makes a good album for Wait, what did, yeah, he, that's what did good, he say he yeah. said little moments that really stand out i he's i swear to god Dude, he said this for every record he ever has liked. no not every record <laughs> okay but i'm exaggerating but i do yeah. like that quality you in, love in that music. shit there's just something about it, something about creating these moments that stick out that can get stuck in my head. Like, okay, so the way I think about the way she writes melodies is she's really great at those, like, earworm moments, you know, where you'll just have, like, one line stuck in your head all day from the song, and it's, like, not even the whole song or, like, an entire chorus. It's just, like, one little fucking line, but it's just so catchy that it gets stuck in your head. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, other than that, like, lyrically, I think she she veers into, like, abstract lyricism sometimes, but um, the way she uses, like, phrasing and her diction, it conjures up pretty specific images. Like, for instance, on the refrain of Somewhere a Judge, where she says, uh, Afternoon vanilla sun crawls away across the lawn. Through the phone, I pull you and drag your voice around. Like, that's such an interesting line to me. And, like, what does that really mean? But, like, you... To me, it has a very clear image when I when I hear the that line. Yeah, like I can picture what it is, but it's a very surreal image that I'm looking at, like someone's voice being pulled through a phone, like physically, and like a weird like y- like white yellow sun on like a lawn. I don't know. It's very weird. <laughs> wow. Okay, that was pretty specific. Well, that's what the lyrics are. Vanilla yeah. sun crawls across the lawn. Like it's it's a very specific imagery, but yeah. it's also surreal, which I think is cool that she can find that balance between abstract and all right i think that line all right i think that line i think it's a rhodes piano it's a rhodes yeah i mean okay yeah that makes sense. hell yeah but it has i thought it was a Wurlitzer. it almost has like a mandolin like effect in my opinion okay um so we'll we'll give it to you um another (laughs) thing i like about this album it feels very warm it has like an inviting quality but it also has these really like angular guitar hooks and sort of um like I would say that's how I'd describe her voice. It's yeah, warm no. but angular. Yeah, I would also Dude, describe I was that driving way. to work yesterday or whatever and I was not driving anywhere near the beach, but I felt like it was a summer day like blasting yeah, oh, the yeah. shit. If For it wasn't sure. cold in the evening when I was driving to work, I would have put the it's window a, down, but I'm it's just a like good summer this is album. sunny and oh, yeah. happy. I like yeah, this. But For it also sure. For yeah, sure. But it so it also has those kind of that weird odd quality to the song structures and the way that it's written. That almost yeah. reminds me of like earlier Dirty Projectors stuff where it has these dynamic changes that you don't really expect to happen like the beginning of 
uh, like Fox in Motion is like so, so weird. And then the chorus is like the catchiest fucking thing. And you're just like, okay, I didn't really expect it to be this catchy based on the way it started, but yeah, you should cool have played that, that I'm song. here. Dude, that, that song, song is cool. really I mean, good. that song's good too. Yeah. But Dude, that song and the chorus, or I'm not sure if it's a chorus, but that song for sure has like strokes vibes happening. Like the, oh, I could see that. the way the guitars sound and like there's the, like a palm muted ping, pinging pattern ping or whatever. Pong, that's, yeah. yeah, like the whole ping pong strokes thing. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But but yeah, I like some. Every time I listen to it, I think, oh, I, this is my favorite song, and then I'll listen to it again and be like, actually, I think that one's my favorite song. Um, so there's a, there's just a lot, a lot to dig in for this album for me, a lot to like absorb. Yeah. I think this band definitely sounds different than what you expect. Mm -hmm. If that's accurate. I don't even know what that really means, but I don't know, like the name and like the titles and then just like the album art and then like the first listen or the first like couple seconds or whatever, 30 seconds of the record, you're like, oh, this is going to be, like, this type of band. And then you get into it, you're like, oh, they do a lot of different shit. Like, it's mm-hmm. definitely not just, like, a one-trick pony yeah, type like of band. Yeah, there's, like, strings, there's cool, like, synth Because lines, it is kind of, because this is what I was thinking, like... Good guitar solos. It's almost, like, pop plus. Because, like, the tone <laughs> of... Cool. The, the like quality that. of her voice or whatever and some of the, like... Dude. Structurally, it's like straightforward. Like if she wanted to, she could be in a very bubblegum, radio-friendly oh, yeah. pop band. Okay, so, um, I have a question though. Yes, uh-huh. what? Who? Who does her Who's... voice remind you of? I don't because know. because I was trying to fucking place it, and I still cannot place it. But it's like so reminiscent of someone to of me. Of a lot of it, but again, but it is just it sounds just like a combination? Because I, I was like, a combination of I was like, thinking of like Karen O, like yeah, 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 and then like maybe a little Joanna Newsom at points, and then mm-hmm. I was listening to Soccer Mommy today, and I was like, oh, I could for, sh- for sure see comparison to that. It's just got, it's got a pop star quality. Like I said, if she wanted to go Taylor Swift route or whatever and just be like a, like a performer instead of in a band, I think she could totally do it. But it's the guitar work and like the little... The little flourishes, like what Grady was talking about, that kind of separates it. Like musically, yeah. besides, there were a couple songs that were like string heavy, mm-hmm. that were like like the last song, the last song, and there's one in House, there's uh, one in the, I think it's not yeah. able in the middle, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. that were like a little. The arrangements were weird for me and kind of didn't go with like the warm like poppy feeling of the rest of it. Like eventually, not able gets there, but um, musically, it kind of reminds me of like built a spill. Dude, the guitar. Yeah. Okay, the guitar. okay. Sure. Yeah. So sure. I have two things to say based on all We're the like comments Speedy you just Ortiz said. We're like Speedy Ortiz, too. Eh, a little bit. A little bit. So two things based on what you just said, Jake. One, she has a solo album coming out this week, actually. Um, and it's definitely veers more into pop territory than indie rock. There's less, like, electric guitar, less distortion. More. It's more in that, like, chamber pop territory where there's, like, s- strings and stuff like that. More of an emphasis on that. Um, and two, she has a built to spill cover on that album. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> there you no, go. that would just, so definitely, so influence. definitely there's totally an influence vibe with it. But yeah, I, I saw them a long time ago at FYF. They were playing during the day without, you know, I didn't really know who they were. I was just watching them. Um, I would definitely go through and listen to their discography. I really like this record. Um, it's carry the zero. That's the cover. Oh you know yeah. That yeah. I've, yeah. That's it's a good one. cover. It, um, it sounds like her music, which is like. Yeah, because she could definitely hit the higher range that Doug Marsh has from Build to Spill. Um, but yeah, it was really good, really warm, really poppy, but like not, but like with substance. Like I said, yeah. pop plus. Like it's not just something pop that I would plus. write off because the guitar was was interesting. Like I said, there were a couple that I felt like just didn't fit the vibe, like not 
like the first half of Not Able and the last song were kind of like, ah, oh, these are, you know, not as upbeat, but there's a lot of guitar flourishes and like picking that's really cool. There's not a guitar solo on every song, but like when it does happen, like it fits perfectly, like yeah. the song calls I think for it. Some of their older albums are more rock centric where there's it's more of a focus on electric guitar. So yeah. if this is a little too like poppy or you know for your no for not your a, liking, no not at all because I can I get down with I can get down back. with pop arrangements and the other thing that I really liked about her voice there were moments um, like when she's saying I don't I think the line is like that God is the one or and something it, in that and, and like especially in the song uh, one that suits me where her voice mm. starts to break a little bit. That kind of reminded me, like, not as extreme mm. as Tim Kinsella, but, like, where she can go to that raw thing. And even though it's technically, like, not the right note or in key or whatever, it's, like, the emotionality that comes mm-hmm. with it or whatever that's, like, perfect for yep. the song. Like, one that suits me that's another, was one of my favorite yeah. ones. That's yeah. another uh, vocal quality that I admire a lot and that a lot of the music I listen to, they have, or a lot of the vocalists I like, they have that similar quality where they can sing really well, but then they have this ability to sort of break away from that and feel where show you like the vulnerability in their voice by sort of having that showing the cracks in their voice. It's called setting up the rules and then breaking them. Sure, Tyler. Sure. (laughs) I I, I like that, that quality um, in vocalists. I think if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably can make that uh, conjecture that, that, that leap. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can make a Grady pick. Uh, that hop. Yeah. A great. That you can figure hop, Grady out. Along. You can, can figure Grady out. That point. You could probably figure uh, all of us all right. out. All right, uh, Tyler. What, what about you? <laughs> you? Have any other thoughts on this? Um, no. I mean, I think you guys pretty well covered it. I mean, you said I, you really liked uh, "Look of Love." Why would you like that song the most? Um, I don't even remember why I, was, I said that. At you this like point. texted us like, "Look, Love is the best song." I know. Period. I'm trying to remember exactly what in that moment. Why. That's a that's a weird one because the first like two I think minutes, I just like the transitions. The first two minutes of that song is like really weird, like lo-fi. Yeah. Sort of. But that's what I liked strange. about it, like the transition from that, the and contrast, then it, and then it totally brightens up and then like yeah. rocks out for the rest of. The yeah, song, yeah, yeah. I like the ending. Like I don't know. There's something about like a good guitar solo that just still gets me. Like like a real one. Like not like I don't know. Like bands like. I guess like bands like Wolf Parade or like Grizzly Bear, like they like they do it, but it's not like really a guitar solo. It's just kind of like a guitar at the forefront. Mm-hmm. That's like doing something. <laughs> I don't know. There's like it's this band does. Something. It's doing something. This band does more of like the traditional. Like here comes a guitar solo, and they like mm. you know play dedicate it. a section to a guitar solo. Yeah, like it feels like a guitar solo, like a traditional in the traditional sense. But I don't know. Certain bands do that. Um, which I, which I enjoy. I think this, again, like what I said, I think at the beginning sums this record up for me is like, I expected something very simplistic and like straightforward. And then what you get out of it is, can be unpacked like over and over. Yeah. And it's, it's just more complex. I think her song, I don't know if she writes all the songs or whatever, but I think she's the primary songwriter. The songwriting is really advanced. Like you can tell that they have transitions, they have parts, they have sections, like, mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on within that as well. Um, I like a, really a lot of the transitions writer. that they do, like how they can blend, like you said, like a lo-fi and then go into like a clean, like jam at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of influence that you can hear for this. So that's maybe like the only, I don't even know if it's a complaint, but like the only like 
the only thing that bugged me while I was listening to it is like I kept really picking out things that I'm like, oh, that's for sure like the Strokes or that's for sure like mm. this other band. That's not necessarily downside Bad because necessarily. yeah, because like I feel like that's uh, kind of like it can be it can be a benefit because you it, it can be like a nostalgic moment or like a drawback to like a band you really like and and it gets you going, but. At the same time, it you don't want it to sound too similar, but I don't think they do. I think it's a good a good blend, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's All right, so Tyler it. hated it. No, I dug it. <laughs> Tyler hated it. Tyler hated it. Um, sounds good. Let's. Uh, you want to move on to your pick, Tyler? Yeah. It's time for Tyler's pick. Tyler. Oh boy, Jake. Um, cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> we'll let him laugh this out for a minute no, on his own while Grady and I sit here with solemn yeah. expressions on our face. That's normally how it goes at yep, this little pretty desk much. at Penetration Studios. Oh my god, you got that in there too. <laughs> Almost ran out of time for that. I know, I was looking at the clock and I'm like, fuck. Gotta, gotta fit it in somewhere. Yep. That was um, not a pun. We always find time to fit it in at Penetration <laughs> Studios and Jesus we'll fit you in Christ. too. <laughs> for studio rates nope hate that, it that might have been aired in the 90s but uh in the t- 2020s we're, we're moving past shit like that jake uh all yeah, right so on. so i picked uh i picked a band well i guess it's an artist uh chelsea wolf um the chelsea album Clinton. the album is called birth of violence now is she actually a wolf yes half wolf half wolf okay yep Good to know. Thank yeah. you, Grady. Asking yep. the real questions. Yeah, I mean, I had here. to ask. This is the kind of half breaking journalism that you can come she, to expect. She's here. a half Chelsea, half wolf. Yeah. So uh, you know, I expected more howling. Uh, I heard she was a wolf from Chelsea. Right. Uh, yes. Got it. That's, but you know, who knows? We'll yeah, get back Chelsea, to you. Though. I can't uh, even. The name one in one. England. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's um, one, right? Yeah, makes I sense. Got it. I got it. I think that's one. Sure. Um. Yeah, okay, so this record, uh, so this is, Chelsea Wolf is uh, 36 years old. She's from Sacramento, California. Good for her. Um, she grew up, actually, her dad was a country musician, so she grew up listening to and being Chet influenced uh, by... Hank Williams, probably. Hank Wolf. Huh? Hank what? Wolf Williams. God Who's damn her dad? It. Is her dad famous? Oh, I don't know. No. I don't I don't think so. I think he, he just he liked. just played country music and like folk music. Self proclaimed country musician. <laughs> no, I mean I think he was like, you know, played locally, recorded, like but I don't think he's like super notable. Um but anyway, yeah, so she grew up around that type of music. Uh which which actually at the age of like nine or ten, she was already starting to like write and record her own songs. So she's got a lot of background in it. Um, had a lot of experience, but, uh, yeah, she, I guess is classified as doom folk or like freak folk or dark folk. Um, dark. it's definitely got folk influence in it, but it's not, if you put it on and you're like expecting a folk album, it's not going to be that. Well, what the folk is it? Dude? Yeah. What the folk? So, like, um, but she's kind of like she's Marissa played... Nadler. You ever heard her? Yeah, I guess That's so. Like, name. I mean, even she's more folky though. Than I mean, you could put it in the bucket of like Towns Van Zandt or like, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could put it with like the, not as alcoholic like, as Towns Van Zandt. Yeah, it's a different I don't know. Kind it's, of sad. it's like it's like country or folk music that's got like a super dark twist to it that you don't normally see in that genre. I mean, I don't know. I mean, who else would you guys compare it like compare it to? I mean, Lana Del Rey. I would compare it to no. Marissa Nadler and King Woman, which I yeah, thought King Woman. was her for, for okay, yeah, a hot like, minute. Yeah, King Woman or... King um, Woman and the Lizard Wizard? 
Yes. Or like yeah. True Widow or Russian True Circles, Widow, yeah. I guess. I mean, she she's toured and collabed with Russian Circles. That's actually how I found out about her. But I found out um, about her because when The Cure did that festival last year where they picked every band to play with, they picked her. So she's on Robert Smith's radar, which means yeah, know, that's something. I guess, I mean, in a more like grand genre, you could put it with like Tom Waits maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's like in that realm. Right. But you want anyway, um, yeah, I'll play a song. Uh, this is going to be... This song is called <laughs> Hungry Like the Wolf. <laughs> I'd love to hear a cover of that from her. It'd be so a sad. dark folk cover of... <laughs> and I'm hungry <laughs> like the So, wolf. all right, so I'm going to play kind of like the most, what I think is the most straightforward song off this just because... I can play it from the beginning, uh, and it's, I think, a good example. It's not my favorite song off the record, but a good example of kind of the sound that's that's of this record. Um, so this is called Deranged for Rock and Roll. Sick. Deranged for Rock and Roll. Deranged for Rocky Road. God damn it, Jake. You always talk over my fucking clips. You were dude. fading it out really yeah, slow. I don't like when you talk over the fade really out and you slow. say something right before I start it, so then I have to edit that shit. Yeah, you were dragging it way No, you do like it's annoying it and I'm really making a point difficult. of it. You do like to make it really difficult for Tyler on his songs. Yeah. So god damn just, it. Just keeping him awake. I will, you know, if we could Especially going off, last. Get Jesus. off of my back here. Thank you. It's about the music. All right. Sorry. I'll take note of that. Yeah, I'm offering please. you a formal Write amends. it down in your notes. Well, that's out of reach here. Uh, gotta tell you, it wasn't very rock and roll. Okay. Was it supposed to be? <laughs> well, it had rock and roll in the title, so, you know, that's why I said, like, sick. Oh, yeah, you know, see, it yeah. Rock. That it was, was very uh, rock. She's deranged. Yeah. How does she know what rock and roll is? Exactly. All right. Let's get into this. So first of all, I want to talk about the name of the album. So Birth of Violence. Um, This album came out in 2019, which is very recent. Um, I think it's, I don't know. This is just my interpretation of it, but I think it's really interesting to have a record of this title come out in like recent times, just because I feel like there is a total birth of violence, like a rebirth of violence happening in the U.S. like in general right now. Just kind of like violent culture. Uh, violent ideals like there's a lot of violence resurfacing that has been maybe less and or has been less over the past five years that's now coming to surface again i don't know if that had anything to do with it but um i don't know there's like some themes like american darkness that's a title uh, one of the tracks off this um when the anger turns to honey like just different stuff She's probably like, pretty dissatisfied with our country yeah dirt dirt universe is another one i mean there's stuff that's going on that like maybe she's not directly addressing it lyrically but subtly she's pulling in like cultural elements of what's happening right now and like she's from california so like we all see a lot of this shit like we live in a really uh I guess, highly populated state that has like controversial political views in it. Like where I know like where we live, like 
it was, you know, very politically one way for a long time and then it's recently shifted. And like, anyway, we deal with a lot of that. So maybe I'm hypersensitive or aware of that conflict that she's like bringing up. But I think that's cool that she's doing that. I think also there's like some very personal stuff that she sings about lyrically in this too um, for her. But anyway, so I think overall this record is kind of in a way like a return to a more simplistic um, style for her. She's before this, her, her records before this have gotten a little more into like actual doom metal and like a lot more drums, electric guitar, like Ebo effects, like heavy. And this is a little bit more like drawn back a little bit more minimalist. I think it's like very intentionally minimalist. Um, but it's still got like that dynamic quality to it. Um, I don't know. I was talking to again, talking to Albert, he was in town last week. So we were hanging out, we're talking about this, this is like one of his favorite artists and he saw her for this tour. So I was asking him like, Oh, what'd you think of the record? What'd you think of the tour? And he's like, basically like just super beautiful record. I mean, her voice, like she has a huge vocal range on this one, which she doesn't normally do. So she goes from like pretty low range all the way up to like super high pitched stuff at times. Um, which is cool to see that she can do that. And I think she does it pretty well. Um, but yeah, he was like saying that it's more, uh, the songwriting is very grown up and it's more of like a return to form for her. So <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's really well produced, like how she, how she actually did worked with the studio to do the production on it. I think the minimalist style works for this in the production sense. It's not like too minimalist or it's not too boring or whatever. I mean, I'm sure there's different opinions on that, but for me, when I listen to it, it's very rich. Like even though it's minimalist, there's a lot of richness to it. There's a lot of uh, tone balance between like lows, mids, and highs. Um, I don't know. There's there's definitely a lot going on. The more you like dissect it and listen to it over and over, but on first listen, it's very minimalist, and I can see that being like a complaint or like, oh, it's too boring or it's too yeah. simple. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, say, I knew you, got, you guys like, were probably you just got like the most that. silent. <laughs> Like soapbox with me and Grady, like not saying anything to like comment on everything you're saying on the record and describing it, um, just because I'm like I don't get any of the stuff you're talking about. I thought this album was so fucking boring. Yeah, I, I can definitely like, see. I can definitely. I saw like, that and anticipated that, especially like, from you. But when you were saying like Captain Jazz, like oh, it all sounds the same. Like this all sounds like the saddest Renaissance fair that I don't want to beat. Like, it was just so one tone beating you over the head with how sad it so, is, which, like, you know yeah. I can fuck with. But, like, today I was, like, hanging some shit up in my living room, like, had hammer and nails or whatever, and I've been watching a lot of You, the Netflix show uh -huh. or whatever, and I think it was during, like, the last song or something. Not the last one, because that's just, like, an outro type thing. But I was holding the hammer in my hand, and I very much, like, could have had a monologue like Joe being, like... I had never planned to kill anyone with a hammer while I listened to Chelsea <laughs> Wolf, but here I was standing over a body or whatever, and I was just like, dude, this is like, fuck. Because it's just like, I don't know, because yeah, you know, I'm all down for the sad vibes, like go Joy Division, listen to 17 seconds, like sure, you want to slit your wrists after you do that, but it's so, just like. So I think that's where our tastes in like sad music differ though, is that like the sad music you like generally comes from like still like a pop or like rock background whereas like this and like russian circles those come from more of like a metal or Slash like folk. minimalist 
folk background, but which even I like think Russian circles doesn't make me feel like that's sad. Like it's doomy and it's like dark and minor. Well, that's I guess but I think that's where we differ of... is that like I I actually really enjoy music that's like more drone and low. Like what do they call it? Um, like low. Like I guess just like low sound sonically. You know, it's like slow and low. I guess is what you'd call it. Um, and I think that's like. I don't know of any band that you actually like within that kind of sub realm of it. Whereas like the stuff you like is definitely sad, but it's like still got like this like really prominent vocals or well, I really think it's like, just like a variation. Like it's like you gotta like differ it up or whatever, which is like the you know why I think the Smiths are so interesting or whatever. Like the lyrical content and the vocal delivery over like really poppy guitars that like yeah. you can cry and dance at the same time. Yeah, it's just like there's a time me, and a this... place to like listen to this. Yeah, kind of music and a lot of it is like you know I would put this on the opposite spectrum of like Grady's record where I'm like driving and I want to be on PCH this oh, is just sure. like oh my no, god do not want to listen to this while driving yeah I don't no. know for me and that's <laughs> funny because like for me freeway. I don't get I don't oh. get super like I, I was talking to Charlotte about this because like she'll listen to something like this or or maybe something that's slow just slow not necessarily sad but just slow and it's like oh my god it's gonna put me to sleep like i have the exact opposite effect when i listen to music like this i it very much intrigues me i think it makes my brain have to analyze it more because there's so much like there's so much openness to it and it's so slow and low or it's so minimal that like i i can't able to pick it apart more and i think that it actually doesn't make me that sad to no, listen to this. No, and that's not my complaint. I didn't be like, what, do you want me to kill? Because I'm into that. Like, because you brought up Towns Van Zant. Like, I yeah. would listen to Towns Van Zant all day and still, like, tap my foot or something, like, with that. Tyler, I think, yeah. like, 75% of the time I put on music in the presence of Charlotte, she has said something along the lines of, God, I'm going to fall asleep. Well, yeah. I mean, there's people <laughs> like that don't like slow music. music. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah we li- like you and I, especially Grady, listen to, like, fucking slow, very like simple sometimes simple or whatever music but i don't know it's hard for me because i feel like i show a lot of people this genre and there's very very few people that kind of what i call get it and that's totally fine and i'm not like i don't expect everyone to like it or even like hashtag nobody interpret it the same way as i do but like certain people i show it to like albert being one example i mean he showed me a lot of this shit but he totally like feels and listens to it the same way that i do and i feel like there's like a connection and like it's a really small culture or a small like scene that that is like built around this style of music but there's people that they get it and and there's definitely a reason why and i think it has to do with like personality shit and probably shit that like we don't want to get too deep into on a podcast but i don't know i think there's a connection at a much more like fundamental level of like personality traits or like um maybe like personal issues and stuff that you've like dealt with struggled yeah, that's with like and overcome. Da- that's, yeah that's like dangerous territory yeah, because but like, me I not think, liking that i wouldn't say that's because like i don't get like the emotional state where no it no and, from. it's like the same no no thing. and i'm not saying that if you don't like it then you've never experienced depression or you've never experienced like sadness i i mean i'm not even saying that all people that like this music are depressed at all i'm just saying like it can strike a chord with people that have like been in like a really depressed state or whatever and like fought through it or like overcome it and i think that's to me like when i go and play something like this like a sad thing it's my way of like if i'm feeling sad or feeling like down i can play music and like push it out through the music and get over the shit whereas like 
if I like go, if I'm like sad, I don't want to go fucking play happy music. Like I don't want to go play like you know bubblegum pop guitar. And no, like, I agree. I play and, sad and music that, when I'm sad. Yeah, no, and, yeah. And, and sad I think, music when I'm not sad, a, and sad music when I'm feeling neutral. I just play sad music most of the time. I think. <laughs> I know, but we were but, just like getting dangerously close or whatever to like the memes that like rip on Billie Eilish, and it's like a twelve year old saying like. You, you just don't understand, like, 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 yeah, I know. I was whatever. I didn't watch the Grammys, but it's just like you've never understood. Like, you must have never experienced true sadness or depression no, it, if you don't like Billy Idol. Yeah, like, I don't want to get I, it. Okay, no, I'm definitely not trying to say that. I'm just that saying that, like, sense. generally, yeah. the people that I have talked to about it that really do like it, we share like similar personality traits in that sense of like, oh, like. I feel bummed out and this music makes me feel better or whatever. Like that's just generally my personal experience with it. I'm definitely not trying to like put a blank, like a, you know, a thing where it's like, Oh, everyone who listens to this must be depressed. And like, that's why people like it. Um, but I, I do think that slow and low sad music generally is definitely invokes or can inv- invoke a sad emotion when you listen to it. What Right can make you kind of down oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah bro all right but can I, can I talk about it yeah i don't Brady, know go ahead <laughs> uh, you uh, you've defended yourself well tyler no i'm but not try, i'm not trying to defend to I, I mean at this point i expect you guys to rip everything apart no. that i pick so I, so i first got <laughs> you won last week no i'm just saying i still expect i hope you pick it apart i first listened to or heard of chelsea wolf uh back in the back in like 2013 when she released pain is beauty uh that was kind of when she blew up i think a little bit so i listened to there i haven't really listened to her much since um but i actually okay can i just preface everything i'm gonna say with i liked both of the albums this week that weren't mine i mean obviously i like the one i picked but i like both of these albums but i had the same complaint about both of them and jake already brought this up whereas both of them blended had, together yeah like all the songs were blended together and yeah. they were very like monotone in their style and their execution. Yeah. So that was my biggest complaint with both of them, which made deciding which one I'm going to choose really difficult because I like kept going back and forth of like, well, these have the same complaint, but I don't dislike either of them. So I, I don't know. I'm still like... Well, good luck with that, bud. Yeah, anyway, I guess we'll have to find that <laughs> yeah, You're going to have to make a, a choice second. soon. But um, I can get Jake's complaints for sure. Um, and I, well, Jake I definitely hasn't even given his true complaints yet. I no, that was it. No, okay. that was it. <laughs> Jake's okay. done talking. Oh, okay. Um, well, I didn't oh, say it's that, but that no, bad, it's, it's out there. It's and out in the ether. This is definitely not an album that I will probably listen to a lot. Um, I can that being said, I don't, I didn't dislike, I did like it. Um, and I actually liked that it was stripped back and more folk heavy than some of her other stuff. Yeah. Um, less in, it was less doomy and more folky. Yeah, for sure. Than per, from what I know of her previous stuff. Yeah, no, it, which it definitely I is. I mean, it's, it, and like, that's why, very that's why people say it's like return to form or whatever. Cause like, she is like mainly like folk, like she has a lot of folk heavy influence, yeah. but like her last two records have been way more like band, band centric, like Bands, doom right, metal, doomy. like kind of more like rock. I don't know, heavier, I guess. Yeah. So, um, what was I saying before that? You like that it was more folk? Yeah. Yeah. So I like that it was more folk, um, and stripped back. Uh, her voice is, is very pretty. And I did think the production on it was nice. Um, it, it highlights her voice. The reverb that she chose is like very spacious, but not like overly or overbearing and she's washy. She's good at highlighting her voice. Like even live too. Like even when she's playing the heavy, like more like band centric stuff her voice like cuts through really well which is good um 
so yeah, so I liked it. I, I think um, this sort of ties in with my other complaint, but I think it's a bit long for what is because all the songs are so slow yeah. and so similar that yeah, 40, feel- 43, 45 minute mark is like kind of a lot for yeah, this type of album. If you cut long. maybe three songs out of it, I think it would have been a little wow, tighter. Three. Damn. Well, each song's pretty long. That's the thing. Yeah. She has like, a lot of build-ups. They're build pretty ups. long songs, like, and they're all slow. She has, like, so. fake bu- faux build-ups, where it's, like, you think it's going to build into, like, this huge thing, but it, like, kind of, like, builds very slowly into, like, very this tiny build. thing, and then, like, goes back. Yeah. Um, but, again, this is one of those albums that I think I probably will need to listen to again to kind of get the full effect of. And yeah. I <laughs> today I was, like, planning on listening to both these albums again and i forgot because i was at work and other things came up um and i'm kind of sad that i didn't but anyway yeah see i, I was it. like this fell into like i knew i was gonna listen to your album again grady but this is just like fuck. it's just like it's a it's a lot and again i think like you were saying like i i am a sucker for like the pop sensibility and something like a little more like yeah, that. yeah. I, I definitely it doesn't I'm have with you like, on that for the that, like really. yeah sure give me the the depression and all that stuff and it's just like you know as someone who likes doom metal or like stoner metal stuff that's like slower and like dirgier i can get down and it's just like she's got a beautiful voice i did like some of the songs but i did make a conscious decision when i was like still working and i was going to put the albums on again like i listened to the new destroyer record instead of listening to this a second time just because it was like uh, i definitely get why she ended up on a bill uh, with The Cure, and that's a big deal, so there's no denying that. Like, it definitely, I would say this album kind of reminds me of The Cure's Blood Flowers a little bit, which is a more, like, acoustic-driven record, which would, mm-hmm. like, compre- complete their, what they call their, like, goth trilogy, which was Pornography, Disintegration, and then Blood Flowers. Out of those, Blood Flowers is my least favorite one. came out in, like, 2000. Um She's very talented. It was just, it was a lot of, of one thing or whatever, where it's just kind of being like, you know, you're getting like halfway through the record, which I agree, like it's long and the songs aren't that, I mean, nothing clocks in over five minutes. It gets kind of close or whatever. But when you get like halfway through a 12 track record where it's kind of like all like that, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I've kind of figured it's like, I would compare it like when I got halfway through star wars the force awakens the first time oh, just boy. like i'm optimistic and listening to it and you're like oh i know how this shit ends right um, when, you, when you're halfway through the album and you feel like you've heard all its tricks yeah and then you're right it's kind of disappointing yeah but and i kind of um, got that vibe from this album a little bit I'm, the one positive thing i'll say like outside of like the artistry or whatever i was surprised that you picked it tyler that this was like on your radar especially after what will be known as the bony ver fiasco what last <laughs> the bony ver fiasco I'm just giving you shit for picking Bon Iver last week when we were trying, when we were like, yeah, it's a guaranteed shoe in something the wind. So oh, I saw that. Oh, I like, I'm like, you pick someone who I've listened to. Well, you're obviously to. referring to a term that hasn't been established that yet. That I'm establishing yeah. it right now. Da- I'm right. like, well, wait, what? Yeah. On that note, should we uh, vote? Yes. Yeah, I think, okay, I think just to summarize the whole, like, the whole picking this record thing or whatever, I think generally what I mean about the whole thing about how it strikes a chord emotionally or whatever with certain people i think it's just like it's okay to have like an outlet through music to like get over sad shit or like maybe you're trying to like get into your like trying to figure out what you're feeling more and i feel like that's what i listen to this for that's is like totally trying valid. to explore an emotion through music 
And so I think that's why it can strike a chord with certain people and, and not with others. Cause like maybe you need to explore that certain emotion or that chord. And this is how you do it through music. Music, but music resonates with people every person in a different way different strokes for yeah, different yeah, yeah. folks for sure. that tv it, show i've never seen and a that's all i'm it, trying to say with like about like oh certain people kind of get it or they like or whatever i think it's just it's a connection based on that like you listen to it to explore a certain emotion and that's why you connected with it and that's of, just take it for that a lot of people find certain albums or certain bands at certain periods in their life and then yeah. it will affect them henceforward so totally this seems like a band that could totally do and that that's all i people. was trying to say about it in that sense but yeah anyway yeah we can vote let's okay. vote uh, dun, 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 dun. should i go first no i should because i went first does that matter all right. No. You, All right. Fine. You, well, no. We'll I was on, just gonna you know? go down the line, but All right, go down the line. Then we'll start the line over there. All right. Well, I just want to get out of the way because I was having trouble yeah. deciding between the two. But <laughs> oh, you've decided in the last. Like, I have five decided. <laughs> I have decided. No, I actually decided halfway through the episode. Survey says. Um, so, I think overall, Jake's pick stuck with me a little bit more. So I'm gonna go with that one. Cool. But I didn't dislike either. I guess it's going to be a tie then this week. <laughs> what, are you, well, what are you picking? Oh, I'm picking yours. Okay. Oh, no, it's not going to be a tie then. No, Grady's going to well, win. How do we know? We haven't... <laughs> yeah, Grady's yeah. for sure going to win. Well, yeah. we know Jake's not picking <laughs> yeah. mine. Sorry. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking... Well, it would. Uh, that was why I was like, well, so are you picking no, for, Jake's? No, sorry. Pick? For some reason, I was predicting that Grady would pick mine, and then I'd pick Grady's... Wait, no. And then Jake would pick Grady's. I guess Grady's is pretty much bound Grady, to win. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. pretty much figured I'd win as soon yeah. as uh, Jake said he hated yours. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah, I vote for Grady's. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> well, I lost last week, so I had to come back strong. Again, yep. it was the Boney Bear fiasco of 020. Oh, come on. <laughs> How, right. It wasn't as bad as the Joe told Pass you, catastrophe. I told you guys I would, uh, yeah, I would get that brain algorithm going. <laughs> the Joe Passacre. The Joe, the Joe Pasker. Yeah. That yeah, sounds that bad. really bad. It's All funny, right. though, because Grady, like like I said, when I first listened to yours, like, or not even before I started listening to it, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this. I don't know. It's one of those albums that surprises you. Yeah, for sure. How, like, different it is than you, what do you expect. Agreed. All right, let's briefly run through these singles. Um, oh, right. Yeah. That's a thing. That is a thing. All right, so my single for this week, New Pearl Jam. Everyone's favorite dad rock band. Okay, dude. Everyone's this song is so groovy. Okay, straight it's up so... to me sounded like a Kings of Leon song, like brand, like new Kings of Leon. Yeah, dad rock. See, I got more of but, like, a, but like a newer stroke. Hold on, hold on. I had to ask you though. I didn't get though. to introduce it yet. Oh come on. All right, it's called Dance of the Clairvoyance. Pearl Jam hasn't put out an album in seven years. Uh, I was very surprised the minute I listened to it. I was like, what the fuck is this? I yeah. started to like it, and then I was just like, man, my dad and dads all over the world are going to hate it. So okay, I was, that's dad, exactly what I was going to ask you. My dad doesn't like it. Mr. Tryon, big Pearl Jam fan, I talked to him that night, oh, doesn't dude. like it. Okay, I so hold on. Is it, it's him. really fucking different from anything else they've from, ever done. From they've ever done it. Okay, that's why I just I want like to make it. sure I was right yeah. on that. because I, I, like, I think it's the, the most innovative thing they've done in 10 years because they've just tried to dial it in, making like faux dad punk rock to show like hey we're all over 50 but we can still rock with just like ham-fisted politics just like all power chords nothing interesting and i would say the biggest complaint i've had about the past two pearl jam albums is the big guitars and the dueling leads are gone and even though they're not on this track 
I still welcomed it. I thought it was really cool. The band totally changed the lineup. The guitar player is playing bass. The bass player is on the synth. Eddie Vedder is totally channeling David Byrne. They've talked about this is them trying to channel the talking heads. Definitely not sophisticated or as artsy as the talking heads, but his vocal delivery is in there and the lyrics like take a step away at him trying to be like this political figure to something a little more abstract. And that the night it came out that I put it on there, I listened to it like fucking 10 times in a row. I think it's a groove. I love it. All right. Only thing I got to say about this song is better than faux dad rock. Yeah. <laughs> so faux take dad. that as art rock. In whatever I way don't know. Mean. I think it's pretty real dad rock. Pearl Jam. It's but like it's the not epitome. rocking. It's like dad, no, but like dad dance. Current... But my dad doesn't like to dance because he's like, that's not manly. No, I think I think I think this track's cool. I think the vocal delivery by Eddie Vedder is really cool. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan, but no, I don't dislike not. them. Um, I you like, did tell me I like one Eddie song Vedder you had on singer. there that you're like, this is the worst song I've ever heard, and it was a single from what? like their 2006 album. You only had like a little bit of Pearl Jam on. I don't think I said this the worst I, I song I've talking, ever heard. If I start Come talking on. about Eddie Vedder, Jake will probably shun me. For Do you life. not like the End of the Wild soundtrack? Well, that's the only thing I like. Well, that's what Tyler Vedder. says too, and like that's what Noah <laughs> no, does no, too. And I I'm played not it for saying Noah. That's the only thing. And I like. Noah was like, "Man, this is the best thing he's done since I am the Wild." And yeah. I was just like, "Dude, it's into it the Wild." He's like, "Whatever, man. Pearl Jam sucks." <laughs> I am the Wild. <laughs> uh, I should oh, hang God. out with your brother more. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much accurate. No, no, no. It's not the only thing I like. I I respect him as a singer. I think I think Pearl Jam like they have a thing, and and I don't necessarily subscribe to that thing, but I think it's fine. I don't dislike it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't have anything against them. I think his vocal delivery on this is good. It's different for him. Um, I respect it. I think what you said, they're trying to do something creative. We'll see how it comes out in album form because this is a single. I think it could really fail if they fuck it up on the album. Well, they had to come out and say being like, no, 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 no. Like, there are rock songs on the album too because all the dads oh, are okay, like, see, what so the that's, fuck is that's this? How I think they they would fuck audience. it up. But that's how I think audience. they'd fuck it but up. But I would say, if I it's would like be, a mishmash of like, I this would be and content that. if there were like three or four other songs that experiment. Like, obviously, not just going it's like dancey. Flow, like, it's got to flow. It yeah. can't be like a random yes. collection. Yes. But their last two albums have just sounded like B sides to yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Or whatever. But sure. uh, album drops in March. I'm very excited about it. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to my single. So I, I picked uh, the song Call Me by Empress Of. And I was a huge fan of Empress Of's first album. Did not like her second album really at all. I uh, thought it was pretty generic and boring sounding. Uh, this song is not from a new album. It's from a, well, I guess technically it is a album. It's from the soundtrack of the horror film called The Turning, which looks absolutely terrible. It's the getting... Movie critically destroyed it looks fucking awful i watched a trailer for it and i'm like really confused because it has all these like really high tier indie artists putting songs <laughs> out like it has mitski has empress of has like courtney love it has like all these crazy artists for hey, this man, generic the soundtrack's horrible... gonna be the best thing about it no, then <laughs> i swear to god i was like looking at it i'm like okay i'm pretty sure the people who made this movie were like this movie's gonna be shit we need to like get this whole indie fan base to jump on board by making this good soundtrack. We will not uh, be fooled. I have no idea if it's yeah. some like marketing it got, thing. I think it got like 20% on Rotten Tomatoes or lower. Yeah, terrible. Looks terrible. Awful. I don't even know how this song will ever fit in a movie like that. This is like an upbeat 80s I know, song. I know, yeah, that's what so I was thinking. I don't know where that it. fits into the horror movie, but anyway, I like this song. I actually I like too. it more never than... Heard it, never heard it of it. What's it called? Never heard it's of called her. Call Me. Okay, I didn't know I, I you like, said that. I like, you know. yeah, I did. 
I, I like the song more than I think the majority of the songs off her last album. Probably not her first album, but I like how it's sort of a different vibe for her. It's more atmospheric. It has sort of that eighties like guitar strumming going on in the background. Um, it's really catchy. I liked it. It's a cool song. Um, so I was kind of sad that it's from a soundtrack to a shitty movie that won't go anywhere, but she probably has new music in the works soon. So maybe her sound will kind of be a little bit different than her last album. But yeah, I liked it. I mean, her, her other albums are still pretty recent. I think 2018, 2019. Cool. Um, I liked it too. I thought it was good. I mean, I like all her stuff. I liked her second album a lot. So for me, it was just like keep on. Keep you stand. On. Hey, and like you said, I had no idea about it being for a horror soundtrack because I'm just like, oh, this is all upbeat and like, and I thought no, weird. I, right? I thought the singles you yeah. guys pick match the albums you pick too. I'm just like, oh, Grady picked another like warm bouncy song, and Tyler picked a real <laughs> bummer fest. Sad song. Oh uh, yeah, I knew. I this week I just really went for it with you guys. Are you okay, yeah, dude? dude? No, you're funny. all right. You're all right. Yeah, no, I've just been like listening to a lot of this stuff again because I feel like this is gonna be. I'm trying to like play more live music this year, and I think it's gonna be down like this road. Are you sure that Albert didn't pick all your <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, that was funny that he came to visit because I was like, <laughs> I told him, like, dude, this week's for you, buddy. Like, oh I picked all the cool <laughs> shit that you like. And he's like, cool. No, I don't know. It's just like, funny because, oh. uh, yeah, I mean, so the the single I picked is called Candy by a band uh, Holy Fawn off their single The Black Moon, which it's is not, like a three track thing. It's not reminiscent of Candy. The no. the delicious sweet treat no does the not does not sound very bitter. It's not an analogous oh to that. Did you guys listen? So did you guys listen to it like back to back with the Chelsea Wolf? Pretty much. That would be pretty funny. No, yeah, I put the much. I put the I singles at the end or whatever, okay. so it came through or whatever. Um, yeah. So I don't know this band. I don't I don't know much about them. They're pretty. I think they're pretty like still pretty small. Um, not necessarily undiscovered, but they're definitely a smaller band. Yeah, there's um, not a huge fan base, but. Uh, Albert showed them to me a while ago. Um, he said that he'd been enjoying it and I should check it out. So I did. I like it. It's a little different. This is a, this single I picked because it's a little different for what they, from what they normally do. Um, it's just a little bit more experimental to me, like a little bit less droney than the normal no, stuff. It's still droney. Though. I know it's, it's still definitely still got thing. that, but like if you listen to their other stuff, it's very much like wall like wall of sound droney kind of thing this is a little got a little bit more differentiation especially it's a three track single or whatever it's not an ep but it's like three tracks the three tracks are all pretty different but um yeah anyway i liked it reminded me of brand new actually i want to get canceled for saying that or whatever but it definitely it reminded me of like some devil and god are raging inside me vibes oh i thought you said you hated it a second no i didn't say i hated it i just said it matched chelsea wolf yeah it was bitter bitter bummer it's it's all right it's all right bro I, 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 I didn't hate it. Yeah, no, it was, it was all right. I, it was I liked right. it more than Chelsea it's Wolf. Cool. Wow, okay. Yeah, interesting. No, it was all right. Um, yeah. All right. all right, that does it. Cool. cool. There she blows. Thank you for listening. We got the clips back in. We got my cool little bumps. I hope you like it. <laughs> I'm uh, back on track to be yeah. winner of season two again. Well, we're Please. T- we're tied. Yeah, okay. It's episode two. One, yeah, one, one of two. One, one, it's zero. A little early. But, so um, follow us on Spotify. The playlists are available there. Follow yeah, us on Instagram. We're looking for you know better ways to engage. And let us and know what you think engage. of Jake's little uh, oh, segments there. Real quick. Yeah. You hate them. We really do want to know so we can make sure he doesn't do them anymore. Real quick yeah. before we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so James has been throwing a lot of uh, suggestions our way for themes. And he actually had a theme for one that I also had the same idea for, but I hadn't brought up to you guys. 
So I wanted to get your opinion on I'm it. I'm really bummed that okay. James sent you the list of themes and I live across well, the hall from him. And... He's, <laughs> he sent it on our Instagram direct message. So if oh. you check that, you'll see it first. But I usually monitor that. Anyway, so he, he suggested uh, what's your movie? So like a movie soundtrack. Or like something like that. And I thought that I, I had the same idea because the Oscars are coming up. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to tie that in, you know, like a really good soundtrack right. or score okay, to so a it, film. Well, that's the thing. Well, yeah. do we do score or soundtrack? I would say whatever. Uh, wow. But probably... Because score I think, and soundtrack... No, I think we need to be on the same different. page well, because if yes. two people pick scores, it's probably yeah. going to be more enjoyable no, I would to say soundtrack. Any, soundtrack. I would say anything that qualifies as original music for the the movie. So, what? like, it doesn't that's necessarily... That's a score, bro. That's a score. Yeah, so a score, but, like, oh, it can I have think songs. Do soundtracks. It can have songs. Oh, I think you, want, should... you want to do soundtracks. Dude, so original like... music, is that's going to be very... But how do we get that on Spotify? I don't think there are a lot of soundtracks on Spotify with, like, a mix yeah, of, of there are. random artists or... Yeah, uh, it depends on how far are. back you go, because like I would definitely put like the Batman Forever soundtrack on there, and uh, it's not on Spotify. People make playlists <laughs> of all the songs, oh, like combined, okay. like making your own Wait. compilation. But it would take a all right. Bit well, to maybe we'll out, suss but, this out, but it'll yeah, be we'll it'll, it's going to be a what's your movie, what's your record deal. Yeah, that's okay. something like that. I yeah, think it's cool. cool idea for the yeah, Oscars for sure. Coming up, thanks, even uh, the thanks, Academy can blow. Thanks, James, for that that theme idea slash Grady, James and Grady. Yes. So yeah, follow us on Instagram. Uh, still putting them all up on Mixcloud. We should have all the old episodes up on Spotify. We're gonna go for it, see how it goes, so that way you can listen in order. Yeah, that's a project like, that someone will have to do. I will click the button that says publish on all of them. No, it's more than that, but I'll explain it. All right, that's all I did last time. No, I will. I'll explain it to you later. No. All right, Grady's <laughs> gonna explain the legal terms, but thank you very much for listening, and we will see you soon. All right, peace. Okay, till next time. Adios. Hit it.